0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. I want everyone to strap yourselves in because today is gonna be a China heavy episode. First up, Chinese generals are pressuring Xi to give them the green light on a Taiwan invasion. Next, a shade war update. Kamala Harris and John Kerry now getting in on the activity. Third, we're going to deconstruct the Facebook whistleblower's faux testimony from yesterday. And finally, the Chinese economy is facing a three-punch combo. We'll get all into that and more up ahead, Human Events Daily. The situation in taiwan i think a lot of people have seen this over the past few weeks and in the pacific writ large is heating up now a lot of people want to say all right this is just bluster china just had their uh their anniversary of the chinese communist takeover their national day october 1st that's why they did this i want you to take a look map break these are all the incursions over 150 of chinese fighter craft into taiwan airspace their air defensive identification zone since 1st September, since just September 1st of this year, about one month, this is all the incursions. Understand the importance, not only of that straight, but the shipping lanes that are there. Think of how much of the world's maritime trade and commercial shipping goes by on those lanes. That is what this is all about. It's also all about the semiconductors. What we are hearing, according to sources from the Taiwan Ministry of Defense, they are hearing, that Chinese generals are telling Xi they want the green light. Now, of course, these are the hardliners, and you have a new general that's at the head of the PLA Air Force, but you've also got people that are more moderate saying we want to stay the course, we want to continue the sort of gray zone attacks, Uh, and there are also a lot of indications from the White House now, that we're hearing as well as others in the national security agencies, that what happened with Facebook, that what happened with the other social media entities earlier this week was perhaps a dry run. Remember, when Russia took Crimea, one of the very first things they did was shut down communications and shut down the internet. And you're seeing that happen here across the United States. And keep in mind, this was not done kinetically. This was done via cyber means. Now we know that this is being investigated, this is being looked into, but that got a lot of people to pay attention very quickly. And notice that Facebook and the entire mainstream media does not want to talk about this one. I want to show you another video. This is the first time a fighter aircraft has taken off from a Japanese aircraft carrier since 1945, since World War II, and the aircraft that's taking off is flown by the US Marine Corps. Watch this, this is absolute history. So I want to show you some other images that we're getting now from the South China Sea and the Pacific. This is the new Navy partnership. It's not just the Americans. It's not just the Japanese. You've got Canada. You've got New Zealand. You've got the Philippines. You've got the Dutch. You've got a whole armada that is sailing through that South China Sea, and they're planning to sail around the Philippines and then all the way around to India because this is completely heating up. So understand what's going on to US aircraft carrier groups, as well as the British and New Zealand and everybody else. This is absolutely historic. Now this is the plan that was being put in place prior to this administration coming in. And so you really have a lot of tensions and I wanna show you another map of what's called the first island chain and the second island chain. These are areas of maritime defense between the U.S. and its allies, and then China, mainland China, and what they claim. Keep in mind, mainland China claims all of the South China Sea is theirs, up to, and of course, including Taiwan. All of the other countries say that should be international waters. This is the point of these entire operations. Will that area of the South China Sea, including Taiwan, continue to be international waters? this major shipping route for all commercial, you don't wanna talk about the blockade that's going on, the shipping backlog on the East Coast and West Coast, imagine what happens when China takes over the entire South China Sea. That's what they want, that's their claim. That's not us saying that that's, you know, what we think they're gonna do, that's them actually saying, we are gonna take, they call it the 9 Dash line. So understand, there are people on both sides of the strait that want to go to blows over this and you've got people right now in beijing saying that our president in the united states is weak and now is the time to strike just like crimea the last time he was in the white house stay tuned more on china coming up and we're back now i want people to understand as well and if the producers if you can throw up that graphic of the incursions over the taiwanese airspace again okay get that up what we're seeing here is an attempt by China to provoke Taiwan into reacting with their AAA, their anti-aircraft artillery, uh, through scrambling, and then doing something, which they have done, by the way, they have scrambled fighters, counterfighters to this, in order to provoke them so that they can claim that Taiwan started the fight. Do you understand how it's a game of chicken that's going on right here? You also have Chinese state media, for example, Uh, Hu Xijin who is affiliated with Global Times, he's the editor-in-chief of Global Times, just tweeted this this morning. The PLA already has the ability now to liberate Taiwan at one stroke. Why wait until 2025? That the mainland hasn't taken the action is a goodwill of Beijing to treasure cross-straits peace. I worry that the goodwill could be abused by Taiwan and the war is triggered suddenly. Do you understand that? Do you see what we're getting into? They want to make it look like Taiwan provoked the war and then use that as a cause of spell right, essentially use that as their cause for war to say, it's time to go in to remove this rogue government and liberate the Chinese people of Taiwan. That's exactly what the propaganda line will be. But before we get into that anymore, it's time once again for a Shade War update. So if you remember, one thing that we've been telling you about consistently is that the White House is split into two factions. There's Team B and there's Team K, Team Biden, Team Kamala. And Team B keeps wanting to find these various issues that look like they're not going to do very well, whether it be uh, stimulus checks, the economy, vaccines, the border, et cetera, and give that to Kamala Harris, put that on her plate, make that part of her portfolio so that they can make it look like she was the one responsible because they know it's going to turn into a crisis. The latest thing that we're hearing out of the White House is that none other than Jake Sullivan, right? You remember Jake Sullivan. He was a guy that pushed the phony Russiagate dossier, pushed so much of the phony Russiagate conspiracy theory. Now he's your national security advisor, which I just enjoy that. He wants to send Kamala Harris to Taiwan as a special envoy and have her make a trip there to make it seem as if that's going to shut down. I don't think that's going to happen, but Jake, you got to be a little smarter than that. But something interesting is going on because today we actually have to do a double- Shade War update, because we've got a new clip from John Kerry. Play the clip. And uh, President Biden asked me about it, and I told him and expressed. Uh, you told Joe Biden that it was not the right. He asked me, he said, what's the situation? And I explained exactly. Uh, he, was, he had not been aware of that. He literally, literally had not been aware of what had transpired. And I don't want to go into the details of it, but suffice it to say that uh, that the president uh, Uh, my president is very committed to um, uh, strengthening the relationship and making sure that this is a small event of the past and moving on to the much more important future. So John Kerry saying this massive breach of US diplomacy with France, literally our oldest ally, that Biden had no idea what was going on. And some people say, how could that be? How is that even possible? Well, in response, here's what Biden said. I'll play this clip. Parenthetically, when you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the in the 19, 1920 in that area. They went from state to state, convincing people that they put, allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. Okay, that was a little joke. Obviously, Biden didn't say that. All right, fact checkers, all right, lead stories, Alan Duke, media matters. Obviously, Biden didn't say that in response. But let's be honest here, folks. I think the rest of the world can see this president, they can see this guy, they know he's our Yelton, right? He's not exactly the one who's making the decisions. So when Kerry says that, and by the way, Cherry is absolutely throwing Biden under the bus. And I think it's because that Kerry can see all of these problems going on throughout the world, but they've kind of, they've kind of pigeonholed him. They've, they've kind of put him on the shelf in this climate position. So you've got him now going over to France, but then opining on something to do with larger Biden administration policies, essentially being that, that France situation and throwing shade, directly throwing Biden under the bus. So it's really amazing. You, know, you understand what's happening here, folks, now, you have a situation where the Shade War has opened up multilateral fronts. So now you've got Team K Kamla. Now you've got team JK, team John Kerry. Really what's going on here is that you're seeing pe- more and more people speak publicly against Biden. They're not facing any reper- repercussions for it. They're not facing any consequences. There's no accountability. And what are they going to do? Have Jen Psaki saying something snarky about them at the, uh, the White House briefing? By the way, do you remember when they tried to make Saki bomb a thing? They are like, oh, that's a Saki bomb and all these like blue check. Libs, I call them blue anons. We're trying to make this like a, a catchphrase. They have such a force meme and nobody says it anymore. This administration has lost the support even of their fellow Democrats. Even you got even John Gary, you got Lurch out there throwing you under the bus. Ugh. Stay yeah. tuned. We'll be right back. Now, I told you today we were going to be talking about China. This is going to be a China-focused episode. And yet, I also have to talk about this faux Facebook whistleblower uh, who completely glows in the dark. And if you want to get a sense of how that ties to China, it's actually quite simple. I've talked about this before. This is the axis of authoritarianism between the 1% in the United States and the CCP. This is what I call overstate theory. The idea that our relationship with China has not made them more open and transparent. Our relationship with China has made us more authoritarian. Now listen to what she said in the hearing yesterday. Yesterday we saw Facebook get taken off the internet. I don't know why I went down, but I know that for more than five hours Facebook wasn't used to deepen divides, destabilize democracies and make young girls and women feel bad about their bodies. I also believe there needs to be a dedicated oversight body, because right now the only people in the world who are trained to analyze these experiments, to understand what's happening inside of Facebook, are people who, you know, grew up inside of Facebook or Pinterest or another social media company. And there needs to be a regulatory home where someone like me could do a tour of duty after working at a place like this. and and have a place to work on things like regulation, to bring that information out to the oversight boards that that have the right to to do oversight. A regulatory agency within the federal government? Yes. Probably the most Orwellian thing you could possibly hear, right? This isn't a whistleblower. I want want to be very clear about that. A whistleblower is someone who comes out and then details nefarious misdeeds of a company in order to expose the company and uh, right the wrongs that it's done. This isn't what that is. She hasn't revealed any information that we didn't already know about Facebook whatsoever. What this is, it's a political operation that's being run on the American people. It started with 60 Minutes. I called it out then. She's now taken it to the Senate. We also found out, and I reported this exclusively at humanevents.com, so go there and check this out, that not only is she someone who's being repped by the lawyers for Eric Charramella, the guy who was the whistleblower whistleblower in the first Trump impeachment that she also has the PR firm of Bryson Gillette? That's the same Bryson Gillette that used to be the PR firm of none other than Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary. So do you see how this works? Jen Psaki's press firm, Eric Chiaramella's legal team, we all understand what's going on here. And further, we also reported at Human Events that I was able to break the story that these conspiracy theories, remember she said she had a friend who was involved in conspiracy theories, They told you that story yesterday, we couldn't figure out what it was. I had uh, someone who was able to reach out to someone very close to the whistleblower and find out what exactly were these conspiracy theories that you lost your friend over? The men's rights red pill movement, right? This, this is ridiculous. This is completely ridiculous. And now she's taking her show on the road. She's going to be going to the EU and she's going to be testifying there over the course of several weeks cut the crap. We understand what's going on here. Orwell called it. You want big government. You want the power of the government to come in and censor. And they understand, by the way, they understand that because people are leaving um, Facebook, they're leaving Twitter, people are starting parallel utilities, such as Getter, parallel platforms, Getter, uh, Telegram, uh, Rumble Video is a great example. You know, we love all those guys. Of course, we love everything else, right? But that's where they can go. That's the same place, like when Mike Lindell was starting to be canceled everywhere, that he finally went and was able to go to Getter and go to all these other places. And by the way, where you can also go use Jack, <laughs> use promo code POSO for up to 66% off. But seriously, the situation is that the only answer for the censors is to not be able to censor internally like she was last year. They want a law. But by the way, I started looking into the resume of Frances Haugen. She was a member of the civic integrity team for Facebook in 2020. What's the civic integrity team known for? That was the team that censored the New York Post's Hunter Biden story about the laptop in October 2020. The greatest October surprise in US political history, and she was on the team that censored it. Funny enough, she isn't talking about that when she's before Congress and on 60 Minutes. Let that sink in. Stay tuned. HG Daily coming back next. Now, since we're talking about China today, I want to get into what's going on inside of China, what kind of internal pressures Xi Jinping is dealing with. And by the way, it's Chairman Xi, Xi Zhu Xi not President Xi, Xi Zongtong. Nobody calls him in Chinese Xi Zongtong. No, it's Xi Zhu Xi. He is the chairman, Chairman Xi, just like Chairman Mao. Now, the pressures that he's faced with are interesting. So on one hand, he's got an economic shortage, economic issues, because of the collapse of Evergrande. He's also got a massive energy shortage due to the coal issues that are going on. I want to run a clip right now where they kind of talk about this, but they blame it on, you know, this is from Chinese media, from Xinhua, so understand that you're getting their version of events where it's not really his fault, it's just sort of this nebulous reasoning that goes through and you're not something to be worried about and it's no problem, it's no big deal, take a watch.
1: China is making all-out efforts to ensure the nation's power supply after power outages halted factory production and hit families in some regions, amid calls for a better electricity pricing mechanism and improved energy structure. The power squeeze has compelled multiple provinces in China to implement power rationing, with factory operation hours limited and power usage capped. According to officials and industry analysts, the power shortages are born from a combination of factors including the country's heavy reliance on coal, the instability of clean power, and surging production activities bolstered by pent-up demand amid economic recovery. China has moved fast in coping with the power crunch, taking a slew of measures to ensure household power supplies and keep factories of the world's second-largest economy running. The National Development and Reform Commission has urged promoting the signing of mid- to long-term coal supply contracts to secure sufficient coal especially for household use. The country's largest utility company, the State Grid Corporation of China, has pledged to avoid power cuts or outages. But there was a great column over at Epoch Times, and this was by Milton
0: Isradi. And I wanted to uh, break this down for you. So go over to Epoch Times, check this out, support them. They're fantastic. They cover not only what's going on in China, but also the persecution of Falun Gong, which goes on over there. His headline: China's economy hit with a three-punch combination. China's economy has had a rough summer, first hit by a rise in COVID-19, another rise going on with COVID-19 in China, which we were told that China is supposed to be perfect. Then Evergrande, this real estate giant, which is actually a shadow bank, looks like it's going under. And finally, power shortages throughout the country. We just talked about this. Beijing's manufacturing index sank to 49.6 from 50.1 in August. Any figure under 50, Indicates a contraction. So you're seeing that contracted levels. You're even potentially seeing, you know, just skipping through they're looking at maybe even 47.5 Understand what that drives You're not gonna have supplies getting to the United States because what everything is manufactured in China So we're not gonna be able. this is like and we're going into fourth quarter. This is Christmas This is everything that's supposed to be going on for retail in terms of the US Guess what? You're not gonna be able to get your products from China So that means the shelves in the US are gonna go bare Then, if they also hit bigger manufacturing issues, you're going to see unemployment skyrocket in China. So what are they doing? They're talking about Taiwan. And take a look at the Chinese box office. What's the number one movie that the CCP is pushing? It's a movie about the Korean War, a brand new movie that just came out, and about the Chinese army fighting and defeating the Americans. Do you get what they're doing? They are trying, and Xi Jinping is trying to focus their people, the Lao Baixing and the people of China, away from their economic problems with Taiwan and America and using belligerence as an ability just to uh, essentially get them away from, divide them from paying attention to all the problems that are happening. Thank you so much again for following Human Events Daily. Thank you again for sharing. Get this out with your normie friends. We are the Cliff Notes of War Room, the bottom line up front. Our motto here is simple, be good, be brief, be gone. And thank you so much again. We're still ranked. We're actually now in the top three Apple podcasts. We've still been able to be there, even though of course ideals still do say that we're actually in the top two because that that NBC one that's not actually a political uh, podcast. But just thank you from the bottom of my heart. God bless to each and every single one of you for sharing this out and doing what you're doing and being a part of this audience. You are being the influence agents. Today's moment in history before we go. Today in 1981, the assassination of Egyptian President Anwar Sadat by a group of radical Islamists within his own military. Crazy. That's all the time we have for Human Events Daily. Ladies and gentlemen, as always,
1: you have my permission to lay ashore.